Hi, I'm Tara Spear Lee, and you're listening to the Inside Out Podcast, a different approach to living your best life from the inside out. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast on iTunes. This is Tara Lee, and I have with me an amazing guest today, one of my good friends, Allison Janssen, and she is a yoga teacher and nature enthusiast, and she's kind of my spiritual mentor. <laughs> I always love talking to her because she really helps me to put things into perspective, and, and we've just developed this amazing friendship. So, Allison, thank you for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited, Happy too. Here. If you haven't guessed, because I already said that she's a yoga teacher and nature enthusiast, we're going to talk about yoga because I get a lot of questions coming in from listeners on a consistent basis about yoga. Um, and, and if you are on the internet, which most of you are, you probably have done tons of Google searches and there's so much contradicting information. And because Allison is a yoga teacher, she's had yoga teacher training. She actually did training in Thailand. She's been all over the world and done yoga and practiced with people and studied under various people. She can really help us to answer a lot of these questions. I guess in terms of the di- describing the different styles of yoga, um, one, I'd like to say that there are just tons of different styles. I mean, especially once yoga came to the West, it originally came with Um, The fundamental practice of Ashtanga, which literally means eight limbs. Um, It is basically the outline of those eight limbs is in our yoga sutras, which is which is our Bible of yoga, I guess is how I always explain it. And in the sutras, he Patanjali, he explains the different paths, the, the path that you would go towards enlightenment or towards a blissful state. And then the, the asana practice that's part of that is Ashtanga. Um, but when yoga came to the West and um, like, I think it's like 1980s, there was like a world religions conference. Um, and when it was brought over here since then, I mean, it has spurred and it's because, I mean, today there's 36 million practitioners of yoga in the U.S. alone. If you think about that number of people, of course, there's different styles and variations that are going to fit different, you know, we all have different bodies, different emotions, different backgrounds. And so there's a different style for really everyone. But like I said before, I really only want, I really can only talk about the ones that um, I have experience with. And that would be Ashtanga, which is my favorite kind of practice. It's a more strict and more rigid practice. You know what you're getting into. There's um, at least 76 postures in the primary series, and it goes on. It's usually about an hour and a half practice. You can go anywhere. Like You can go into a, a studio and practice Ashtanga, and you would expect like an hour and a half, and you know which poses are going to come right after one another because it's always the same. But it's always it's, it's so fiery. It has so much tapas. So it's a sweaty but full and strong practice. And I love that one. Um, and that's the fundamental of where vinyasa comes from. When you go into studios today, it'll say like a vinyasa flow. And basically vinyasa is the movement where you're moving between postures. But vinyasa yoga comes from whenever Ashtanga met New York. So it's like Ashtanga met that whole dance movement and, and the dance and the, and the fluidity of New York it became more of like a dance. So you're flowing more through postures and that's the vinyasa versus Ashtanga. It's very much, it's very much more rigid, like step back here, inhale, breathe lower, you know, um, exhale. Whereas vinyasa is flow to this next pose, you know, you're kind of like dancing through it. Um, after that, then the other practices that I love and I need in my life are yin yoga and restorative yoga. Yeah. And so those are really great because as much as I teach and as much as I love my Ashtanga practice and my vinyasa practice, yin yoga and restorative yoga, they give you a 
longer time in postures just kind of really activate that parasympathetic nervous system that quiets the mind, quiets the body, very relaxing, and also deeply deeply healing, I would say as well. And all practices of yoga are very healing. Um, and we eat, we need each of them at different points in our lives. And it's really about balance, but restorative and yin, I love after, I mean, today, the, all the, already this week, I think of taught, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I've taught like eight classes already this week or something like that. Plus taken about four or five, four classes um, and taught myself. So I've done a lot this week. And so today, usually Thursdays are my uh, restorative practice day or my yin day. So I just stay at home. I pull out my mat and I just go through like maybe five postures that just feel good and authentic for myself in that day. So we have Ashtanga, we have vinyasa, which vinyasa and ashtanga can both be heated. So that also makes the practice different when you're doing it in a heated room. Um, we have yen, restorative. And then I've done pedalboard yoga, which I love too. It's just awesome to be outside and to be in the sunshine and to move through my favorite practice all while having the, the challenge of being on water and on a paddleboard. So I can't even stay up on a paddleboard like normally. <laughs> Trying to do yoga on that thing would just be like hilarious. I mean, there was this one time, so there's a, um, an amazing teacher. I can I never can remember if I'm pronouncing her last name co- correctly, but uh, Brathen, but Rachel Brathen or Rachel Brathen, she's Swedish. Um, she lives in uh, Aruba and she has her home studio there. And I did paddleboard yoga with her. And she's the one that if you are, you know, you're out here listening to this podcast, you've probably seen her on a paddleboard, like with beautiful backgrounds of crystal clear blue water. That's her. But um, I took a practice with her in Aruba and it was awesome because one, it's really challenging to be on the board and and to move through the practice because your your mind says, like, oh, this is this is how it's going to feel. But when you're on the water and on a board, it completely changes it. And then then she told us to like move through wild thing, which is just a, a variation of a of a back bend kind of thing. And she was like, and just fall into the water. Oh my gosh, fear. <laughs> Yeah, just do it. No big deal. And she's like, just trust yourself. You're going to be okay. You're falling in the water. And I mean, it it took a whole like few breaths, few seconds of courage to be like, it's okay. I'm going to backbend and I'm just going to fall straight up in the water. But it was, but it was awesome and very, um, and because it was a challenge for both my mind and my body, it just, it was a lot of fun. So those are the ones that, that I do practice myself. But there are tons of other variations. I mean, today they're moving in yoga, like adding yoga with Pilates or yoga with Tai Chi. I even saw beer yoga the other day online. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, of course, if you, if if it it takes you a beer to get into, you know, into uh, Garudasana Eagle pose, fine. You know, if you want to take a beer and take a nice sip of that, and that's going to get you to your mat, sure. Um, I think it's just a fun way to add something in, but I mean, there's just tons of, uh, there's tons of different styles of yoga. And I would say that not one size fits all and not one size fits all on, you know, every day of the week. People always ask me like, what style is going to be best for me? And I'm like, well, what do you need at this moment in your life? Are what, what are you doing outside physically? Are you, uh, like, are, are, are you running a lot? Are you lifting a lot? Are you swimming? You know, just whatever, whatever kind of physical activity you're doing in your life. Well, you need something that balances that. And then you also have to think about like emotionally where you're coming from and where you live, because there might not be a yoga studio, like right around the corner. There might only be you know, just a, a gym that you can go to, or in, and maybe you don't have a space at home. So it's really about what you have at your um, disposal, and then also where you are emotionally and physically. Yeah, I love that advice. I think that's incredible advice to people because 
I think so many people, and I talk about this a lot, really want to have this set program. Okay, what do I do on what days and when? Well, what do you feel like doing? What does your body need? And asking yourselves those questions are so important. I mean, I I talk to a lot of people about obviously body image, but also like burnout and stress and high cortisol levels and adrenal fatigue and yin and restorative. I mean, I literally spent almost an entire year only doing yin and restorative and long walks and it truly changed my life. But then, you know, once I got back into it, I was like, oh, I want to do like power yoga and I want to do like, you know, because they have the, I, I don't know if that's power yoga, you can tell me on this, but there was a few classes I did with weights and it was intense, like, yeah, holy crap. So there's just so many different forms and styles, but it, again, it depends on what you need at the time. A lot of people, women in particular, ask me and ask a lot of questions. I mean, you can Google it too. There's so many people talking about this. Can yoga help you lose weight? And I have had coaches that I that I am very um, that I respect greatly tell people no, you cannot lose weight doing yoga. And to me, that blows my mind because I mean, I have been in classes where I can't breathe and where yeah. I am using every muscle group in my body. And if you're building muscle, you are burning body fat. I, I think the most important thing is we know that our, our bodies and losing weight is like 80, was it 80 to 80% diet, you know? So mm-hmm. that's where I think that yoga really helps us is because it, first of all, the objective, overall objective, and, and most simply put, you know, put is that the purpose and objective of yoga is to bring awareness into the body simple body, mind, and spirit. That's what yoga does. In, 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 in one of our first sutras inside the yoga sutras, which I spoke about earlier, there's a Sanskrit phrase that says chitta vritti narodaha. And it literally means yoga, um, yoga arrests the flux, the fluctuations of our mind. And so basically yoga and the practice is about taking the mind and all the stuff that's in it and making bigger spaces in between our thoughts or slowing down the numbers of th- the number of thoughts that come into our head. And with, with that cessation of thoughts, it's kind of like it allows our body or, or like ourselves to go into that space of our, um, of really bringing in awareness to how we feel on the inside, um, what's going on in the head, uh, in our minds. And so the, Whenever I say that yoga brings in awareness, it's kind of like it's a healing from the inside out. And when we allow ourselves that 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 moment to just really see how we feel uh, in one posture, say what emotions are coming up, where do I feel this the most? It really allows us to to build this big body of knowledge about who we are from the inside. And I think that is what is very important about yoga because that, that uh, mindfulness and that awareness leads into our everyday lives or everyday activities. And that's where I come back to eating. So if, if you have that awareness in your body and you understand, you know, the emotions that come up. So a lot of our, our, our eating can be emotional or it can be because we're in a routine and we think it's time to eat. So yoga, really what it does is that it gives you that time and space and that understanding to, to be more mindful about your diet. Um, and I think that that's the first and most important aspect of yoga whenever it comes to weight loss is that it brings in mindfulness. It brings in awareness. Now, the second step is, is, you know, it's the same thing that you would say about cardio or weightlifting or any kind of exercise that you do for weight loss. So if you go out and run eight miles um, and you burn 
however many calories that is for your body. And then you come back and you stuff yourself with a, uh, a cheeseburger and French fries. Well, you kind of defeated the purpose of, of your run. And so I would say it's the same thing with yoga. You can go into a super sweaty flow that you're, you're using all the muscle groups in your body. You feel so strong. You are, you're burning your, I mean, I've had practices where my legs are just shaking because I'm just, I'm really using all the power in my body to hold that posture for the five breaths or to move to the next vinyasa and and, and, and for an hour and 10 minutes of, of shaking and, and, and knowing where that shaking is coming from, whether it's coming from an emotional space that I'm deep in my hips and, and all these emotions are coming out or whether it's because a, a moment of fear comes up in a balance pose that I'm like, Ooh, I'm really fearful of this space or whether it's, Hey, my hamstrings or my my hamstrings need to be stronger or my quads are really feeling this in this posture because, you know, I've, I haven't worked them in the way that I needed to, or today I should have actually not done a sweaty flow. I should have gone to a more restorative practice because I already worked my quads yesterday. Um, and so the yoga in general, I mean, if someone were to tell you that it, it doesn't, it doesn't burn, doesn't burn fat, I would, I would a hundred percent disagree. It doesn't add to weight loss. hundred percent disagree. It does. It, it just depends on just like any other physical exercise. If you're just talking about the physical aspects of yoga, it just depends on what you're putting in your body and what you're choosing to do as the exercise. So, um, but in general, I would say, yes, yoga adds to weight loss. You're using all the muscle groups in your body, um, in order to lift your own body weight. And that's really what you're doing in yoga. So yeah, I guess that's kind of how I would say it. If you want to, if you want to lose weight, eat well, heal from the inside out, the physical practice of yoga can be enough. If you're combining that with your diet for me, I don't do, I, I go on runs, I hike, but I would say that 95% of everything I do for my body comes from yoga. And I choose whether I do it like really in a very physical, asana heavy practice, like a sweaty flow, or if I'm uh, saying being more, I need more kindness to my body and I'm doing a yin practice. And, and then that day I, you know, I didn't eat as heavy or something like that because my body didn't need it. That philosophy I think is um, extremely important, particularly when you were talking about eating. I mean, you could go, you could be a bodybuilder and go to the gym every single day and lift intense weights and do hours of cardio and eat like crap and get no results. So, I mean, it's all about, again, what you put in your body. But I love what you said about bringing awareness to your body and that that's the whole purpose of yoga. You really start to just become aware of what your body needs inside and out. And that is a key component in overall health and well-being. I think if you are only doing an exercise or, you know, some sort of, if you're only doing yoga or if you're only lifting weights, if you're only running for the sole purpose of losing weight, then you're missing the point because there's so many more benefits to yoga or lifting weights or running than just losing weight. Can that be a result of it? Absolutely. But when you can, you know, truly have awareness within your body and really be in a state of this beautiful, calm you know, Zen being and lose the stress or even go in and, you know, kill it and be sweating and your muscles are fatiguing and everything. It's so enjoyable and it does so much for your mind, for your spirit and for your body. But I think going in with the, I'm going to do this to lose weight. Ultimately, you're going to fail because you're going to stop doing it because that's not an end goal. What is your overall goal with this? So I think when people, you know, can go into it and say, I want to practice yoga because I do want to have more awareness in my body. And, you know, I do want to get to 
a different state of being and I do want to just feel better, that's a better place to be. And then yes, the benefits are that you can absolutely lose weight. So I, I love that philosophy. I I think I told you this story, but I, when the very beginning of my quest to heal my negative body image hit me hard was when I was in a hot yoga class. And I remember I kept hearing this word over and over that I now have tattooed on my wrist, but it kept saying enough. And I was like, what, what is this word? Because when you're, when you're practicing, especially when you're doing hot yoga and it was a very slow moving kind of like restorative hot yoga, I had a lot of time to think. And I, I get a lot of clarity when I'm doing that, um, that kind of a practice. And I was sitting there just thinking about it. And finally it hit me. It was saying like, you are enough right now. Like stop, stop trying to be somebody that you're not and just appreciate this body that you have and nourish it and in other ways than just trying to lose weight. And I was already like, I was, you know, suffering from an eating disorder back then. But Mm -hmm. from that point forward, I decided that I wanted to go to yoga shirtless every time, every time. And you sent me an article about this actually not long ago. But I just started going in and like just letting it all out. Like I just didn't care. I wanted to feel free and I wanted to feel my body move and I wanted to see my body move regardless of what it looked like. And that also changed perspective for me too because it really helped me to start appreciating what my body could do and how it made me feel versus the way that it looked on the outside. And I think that that healing piece can be so much bigger than anything you can ever achieve in weight loss. So there is another piece to the the healing of it as well. Yeah. And, and there's so many people that, um, they're like, Oh, you know, I, I need to wear this certain type of, of shirt so that that doesn't hang out. Or I see people in class that sometimes are pulling up their yoga pants because say they, you know, I can see in that moment, they're feeling uncomfortable or whatever. But the thing is, is that whenever I, whenever I, it can be another few minutes later and say they're sitting in meditation well, in that moment, they weren't looking at anybody else around them and they weren't thinking about what their physical body looked like. They were really looking inside. And I can't just, I just can't say it enough. That inward journey that we go on heals that the need for that, uh, of how, how you should look on the exterior and mm-hmm. every body is a good body. And that's one thing is too, like, it's so crazy because in, in our, in our yoga practice, you can see somebody do this crazy thing up front in class or on the side of class and you and you have this person who says getting into one of those postures that looks like a pretzel and you're like wow how you know somebody could be like wow how did they get into that and and I had and I and I have students will come up and say well I want to be able to do that one day and and I'll say to them listen remember that posture that we got into um about third of the way through class and it was say it was lizard posture or something lizard asana and whenever we were there, remember how you felt in that pose, that deep, that deep opening, that deep goodness that was good for your body. Well, how you felt in that pose is how that person in that crazy pretzel pose feels there. Like everybody's body is made differently and we have different openings and different, uh, uh, different spaces. So it's, it, that's also what yoga teaches you is that everybody is different, but everybody's a good body. So where you're going to get the most out of your practice is going to be completely different than the where, where the place that I get the most out of my mm-hmm. practice. And also too, that yoga is the practice that we get to do our whole lives. Like you have your whole life to do it. So it's not, there's not like a, an end goal. It's just a, a daily, a daily feeling and a daily movement when, and until you're old and gray. And when you're old and gray, I promise you that that 
crazy pretzel pose that you were wanting to get into, you won't see the importance of it when you're old because you're going to be like, I've done something good for my body every day in my life that made me feel better. And there's, it's not just about the postures. It's really about the internal movement and awareness that goes on inside that makes you feel good from the inside out. But whenever you walk off your mat, you you're more prepared for anything else you want to do in, in, in life because you, you know that where you are, like you're saying, is good. Who you are on the inside and on the outside is damn good. Yeah, and, and I love it. Like, I love the, the movement that's going on right now, too, where there are, because used to, like, on the fronts of magazines and on the fronts of internet pieces, you would always just see tiny, super flexible people, like, on in the crazy uh, pretzel-y pictures, you know? Like, you would see them see them there, and you're like, that's not that that's not exactly what I look like, you know, or whatever. And people would compare themselves to that. And there's this whole movement now where people who just love the practice, whether they are long or whether they are, um, whether they're heavier, they're, they're proud of their own body constitution and, and, and their own practice. And I love seeing that. And I love, um, I love it when people come into my classes with just in their sports bra, because they're proud of who they are and what they're going to do and, and for themselves on their mat and not allow any comparison to go on because they're good enough exactly how they are. And it's something that I try to tell people a lot too, especially, you know, first timers or people that are nervous is that like, and I'll see it in the gym too, like girls constantly like tugging at their pants or their shirts. And I just want to go up to them and be like, I promise you, no one's looking at you because I know for a fact that when I'm in the gym, I'm uber focused. Like I have a specific workout that I need to get done and I'm not looking around anybody because that's not why I go to the gym. And I feel like it's the same way on the mat. People don't go to yoga to stare at everybody else and judge them. And we're so hard on ourselves and we believe that everyone is extremely judgmental, but in reality, they're really not. So we're nearing the end, but I do want to touch base because I think there's a lot of question about how the heck do I get started in yoga? If someone has never been into a yoga class, they've never been to a mat, they might feel a little intimidated. And strangely enough, like I've, I've never been intimidated by anything because I walk into a weight room and so many women tell me like, Oh, I'm so scared to walk into the weight room. It's so intimidating. There's so many guys in there. And I feel the opposite. The first time I walked into a yoga studio, I was intimidated as hell because I was just like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no flexibility. I'm in pain. They're going to judge me. And it wasn't that way. But what are your recommendations for someone who's never been? Um, They may be really intimidated. Their current fitness level may not be anywhere near where they feel they need it to be. How yeah. would you, what would you recommend for them for getting started with yoga? Go, <laughs> like just go. I mean, just try it. You know, the, the, um, I, there's just a huge misconception it, that you have, you have to be at a certain fitness level or a certain mental state in order to go to yoga. No, you go to yoga to get to that fitness level, to get to that flexibility level, to get to that mental state. You have to start where you are. And that's the most important thing. Start exactly where you are. Every time I go to teach, I don't teach something that I want to learn in the future. I teach you, I I teach from what I, I know, what feels good to my body, what I've experienced. The same thing applies whenever you go to your mat. It's like, start exactly where you are that day. If you don't have a yoga studio in your area that's not accessible to you, there is a a plethora of uh, information online. And one of the biggest things that I love, and I would recommend this to anybody, there there is a website called 108.com. It's run by Rachel Brathen. For $14.99 a month, you can have, you have access to 20 to 75 minute classes 
where you can just roll out your mat at home and try a practice. So, uh, and the reason why I say that go to that option or to a studio is because I feel like those settings, they just, they give you a lot more of the, the foundation of yoga than say a gym would. And I, and I just, I'm, it's not that I it's not that I have never been to a gym yoga class. If that's what you want to try out for your first time, well, heck, go for it. Do it, you know. But I think whenever you go first of all to a studio setting, really talks about not only the physical part of your practice, but the asana, which is the physical part. But it also we we get to the 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 fundamentals of yoga, which talk about the union. So yoga means to yoke, to unite. So it's about the union of your mind and your body and spirit. And that's where the healing comes from. That's where the awareness comes in. It's not just about the physical practice. And it may be that for you when you first try it, but eventually you'll come to a space where you move past the physical and into the mental and into the energetic. And so I would say to anybody who is nervous about trying it out or feels like that they're not at the state that they want to be to get there, well, there is no better time than the present and just go try it. And the best thing is, is don't get stuck on one teacher. Try them all out. Like if you go to one class and it's your first class and you're like, oof, Mm, not for me, you know, try out a different class with a different teacher and keep trying because you will find one that calls you the idea that, that you might not stay with that one teacher or that one studio for the, your entire life, or, you know, you, you most, most often will, will jump because you change and your body changes and you have different needs and different, different desires for life, you know, and and that changes with your practice and it changes with what studio, what kind of practice you do, but try them all out. Allow yourself the freedom of of movement in your practice and allow open-mindedness. No one has ever regretted going to yoga. I I, I honestly cannot say that I've ever met anybody who was like, "Mm, meh. Not for me. I've not met anyone that's ever regretted going, particularly because it's nourishing for your mind, body, and soul. And, you know, even if you don't get that the first time, I remember the first time I went, I was such a huge skeptic, which I tend to be sometimes in life or used to be. And I walked away like, yeah, I mean, it was good. Like, I'll go back. But I don't, you know, it didn't change my life. But with anything, consistency will change your life and it will bring results. And I think, you know, just trying it one time isn't enough. It's the same thing with oh, I dieted one day and I didn't lose a pound. What the heck? Like it's it's not immediate gratification. It's going to take time and consistency. But I think if you just give it a try and just go in, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. There was there was a, there was a guy that came in uh, one time in jeans and, and you could tell that other people were looking around like, you know, whoa, he's, he's in jeans. That's, that's strange, you know, but that not in the class, but as people were going in and you know what? I'm like, hell yeah go in your jeans. Like if that's what, if that's the only clothes you had to get yourself to the mat today, do it. You don't need anything for the practice besides an open mind. If you want to learn more about Allison, follow her at The Butterfly Landing on Instagram. The Butterfly Landing is a yoga and wellness studio built to provide a space for every practitioner from advanced yogis to complete beginners. The Butterfly Landing is located on the grounds of the Hacienda del Sacrito in the heart of the Mayan Riviera on the gorgeous beach of Playa del Sacrito. Allison organizes her own retreats out of the space and offers teachers from around the world the opportunity to do the same. For more information, visit www.allison.com. Hacienda del Sacrito.com. That's H A C I E N D A D E L S E C R E T O.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Find me on my blog at www.terraspearlee.com. That's T A R R A H. 
S-P-E-E-R-L-E-E.com and make sure to subscribe for more Inside Out podcasts.